In today's brief, we'll talk about helicopter crashes, corruption crackdowns, and Prigozhin's awkward funeral. I'm Yulia, and today is Thursday, August 31st, 2023, and we are in Kyiv, Ukraine. The team has been traveling the last few days, and we appreciate your patience. You're listening to the Ukraine War Brief Podcast, where we bring you up to speed on the war in Ukraine in about 20 minutes or less. Let's get started with the news in Ukraine, from the front. The General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, GSAFU, continued to conduct offensive operations in the Bakhmut and Melitopol directions. On the 28th, Russian losses included 530 personnel, 14 tanks, 17 armored combat vehicles, ACVs, 25 artillery systems, 3 multiple launch rocket systems, MLRS, and 1 air defense system. On the 29th, Russia lost another 570 personnel, 9 tanks, 17 armored combat vehicles, and 26 artillery systems, 8 MLRS, and 1 air defense system. The Institute for the Study of War, ISW, reported that geolocated footage published on August 27th shows that Russian military command deployed elements of the Russian 76th Guard Air Assault Division, VDV, to reinforce positions near Robotone in Luhansk Oblast, indicating that Russian forces might be using elite units to reinforce critical areas on the front line. The units are almost certainly degraded from the high operational tempo on the front, which weakens Russia's ability to sustain defensive operations and will also likely hinder any prospective large-scale counteroffensive which have, so far, predominantly railed on the now-dwindling elite units. In the eastern theater of operations, Russian forces reportedly attempted advances in the Novoyehorivka area in Luhansk Oblast, Klishchivka, Bohdanivka, Kurdimivka, Ozaryanivka, Novomikhailivka, and Marienka, all in Donetsk Oblast, but were unsuccessful each time. The Armed Forces of Ukraine, AFU, solidified positions along the southern flank of Bakhmut, in the southern theater of operations, the AFU fully liberated Robotone in Zaporizhia Oblast, according to Ukrainian Deputy Minister of Defense Hanna Malyar, and forces are moving southeast of Robotone and south of Molotok-Machka. Moving on to the home front. Two people were killed, two wounded, and two more considered missing after a Russian missile strike on an industrial facility in Poltava Oblast overnight on August 27-28. Six missiles in total were launched at Ukraine that night, and the Ukrainian Air Force reported that four had been intercepted, two caliber cruise missiles and two KH-59 guided missiles. Russian forces reportedly struck Toretsk in Donetsk Oblast, with cluster munitions from Uragan MLRS on August 28th, killing one and injuring three. Overnight on August 29th-30th, Russian forces launched 28 cruise missiles and 15 drones at Ukraine. All of the cruise missiles and 14 of the drones were reportedly intercepted. Missile debris fell on commercial buildings in Kyiv, killing two. Missile strikes on the 30th in a residential area in Donetsk Oblast reportedly with S-300 surface-to-air missiles killed two and wounded seven. The Security Service of Ukraine, SBU, has arrested a military medical commission official suspected of allowing more than 50 people to evade the draft in exchange for bribes. 
The official has been charged with illegally helping people cross the border and forgery of official documents, and is facing up to nine years in prison. According to the State Border Guard, roughly 20 men are detained every day while attempting to illegally leave the country, many providing falsified documents including fake medical documentation that they are unfit for service. Due to general mobilization and martial law, which has been in place since the start of Russia's full-scale invasion, men between ages of 18 and 60 aren't allowed to go abroad without a special permit. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said in an interview that he will be submitting a bill to lawmakers that would, quote, equate corruption to treason during wartime, end quote. If the bill is adopted by parliament, then the SBU would investigate, in addition to the National Anti-Corruption Bureau of Ukraine, NABU, any crimes of corruption where the sum exceeds 24 million hryvnia, roughly $650,000. When asked whether the state would take back control of the companies that were claimed by oligarchs in the past, President Zelensky responded that where the law allows for it, the companies should be taken back, especially energy facilities, to ensure the reliability of the energy supply throughout the winter. According to Open Data Bot, an open data platform, more than 400 companies operating in Ukraine are trying to hide continued business ties with Russia. Ukrainian Minister of Defense Oleksiy Reznikov stated that the official mobilization plan hasn't yet been implemented, so there was no need to announce a new wave. He noted that Ukraine is suffering losses, quote, many times less than the losses of Russians. But there are still casualties, and there is still a need to make up for the losses. Crimean Tatar and public figure Arsen Zhumadilov has been appointed as head of the Armed Forces Resource Support Agency, an agency which, so far, exists only on paper. Back on August 9th, Ukrainian authorities ordered the mandatory evacuation of 37 settlements in the Kupiansk area in Kharkiv Oblast, and as of August 28th, more than 300 children had been evacuated from the front lines. The United Nations Children's Fund, UNICEF, reported on August 28 that only about a third of Ukrainian children can attend school in person this term, and some are expected to begin their fourth year of online schooling. Next up, the temporarily occupied territories. Russia is plundering Ukraine's natural resources since roughly 80% of Ukraine's coal deposits are in Russian-occupied areas. Other key resources include iron ore, titanium, and manganese, and it's more than likely that one of Russia's primary drivers for invading Ukraine over the past nine years is the seizure and exploitation of these resources. The Russian military plans to mobilize as many as 30,000 people and call up to 10,000 previously conscripted soldiers in occupied Crimea, according to the mission of Ukraine's president in Crimea on August 28th. A closed survey conducted by occupation authorities, the results of which were not released to the public, indicate that local residents have, quote, an extremely negative attitude, end quote, towards conscription. Apparently, the findings inspired occupation officials to offer additional benefits to conscripts, but honestly, they're unlikely to change a lot of minds. On August 28th, a drone attack hit a building in occupied Anarhodar in Zaporizhia Oblast, causing an explosion. The building is reportedly being used as barracks for Russian riot police, AMON, and the attack was carried out by local resistance in coordination with Ukrainian intelligence. 
exiled and legitimate mayor of Melitopol Ivan Fedorov, reported that Russian civilian administrators and their families have begun to leave the city of Tokmak as the AFU gets closer. Ukrainian forces have already reached the second line of defense in the area and are now less than 20 kilometers away from the city. Satellite imagery from Planet.com indicates that Russia has installed barges south of the Kerch Strait Bridge as a barricade against Ukrainian naval drones. As we mentioned in a previous episode, Russia has already sunk a number of ferry boats in the area. If you're enjoying the episode, please rate us and leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to reach out to us via email at social at borlingen.media. That's B-O-R-L-I-N-G-O-N dot media. Speaking of sunk, let's talk about the Russian Federation and effectively occupied Belarus. The United Kingdom Ministry of Defense, MOD, reported that it's very likely that Russia has canceled this year's large-scale joint strategic exercise due to the lack of available equipment and personnel. Aw, sad. Russian president dictator and burgeoning recluse Vladimir Putin reportedly told Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi in a telephone conversation that Putin would not be attending the G20 summit in India in early September, and Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov will attend in his place. A Russian state-affiliated war correspondent released a video over the weekend that claimed to be in a trench of the Kherson Front. It showed five Russian servicemen of the 205th Separate Motorized Rifle Brigade. Directed at Russian mill bloggers, the alleged servicemen asked them to stop spreading complaints about the brigade's supposed lack of artillery support on social media, accusing the mill bloggers of harming the brigade's operations and calling on them to join the fight on the front lines if they really wanted to help the Russian war effort. Ironically, and also totally predictably, The so-called soldiers in the video aren't likely on the front lines either. Several Russian mill bloggers responded to the video and claimed it was staged in order to deflect criticism of the Russian MOD and the brigade's leadership, based on the brand-new-looking, crisp, clean uniforms. A Russian Mi-8 helicopter belonging to an FSB air squadron crashed near the village of Prudny in the Chelyabinsk oblast in Russia. Three or four crew members reportedly died, but no further details were available at the time of recording. Russia has reportedly refused to allow the Brazilian Aviation Accident Investigation Authority to investigate the crash that killed PMC Wagner leader Evgeny Prigozhin. Surprising. The aircraft was manufactured in Brazil, and it's normal for there to be international cooperation in case the crash was caused by an inherent flaw in the aircraft that the manufacturer could correct. A private funeral was held for Prigozhin on Tuesday evening in St. Petersburg. Apparently, only 20 to 30 people were there, and there was a heavy security presence. Visitors were searched and journalists were reportedly threatened. According to the manager of the cemetery, quote, We had bigger bandits buried here in the 90s, end quote. The UK Ministry of Defense Intelligence reported that as of mid-July, 100 Russian soldiers per week are being convicted of not following frontline orders and refusing to fight. The typical sentence for this particular charge is at least two years in a penal colony. Some assessment, refusal to fight likely reflects the lack of training and motivation and the high-stress situations these soldiers face along the front line in Ukraine. 
The high rate of convictions demonstrates the poor state of morale in the Russian armed forces. According to Russian media outlets, four IL-76 aircraft were damaged in the drone strike on the military airfield in Pskov. According to Ukrainian intelligence, the four aircraft were destroyed. Next, news worldwide. A German company is under investigation on suspicion of selling electronic components used to produce Russian Orlan 10 drones. Lithuania is closing two more border crossings on the border with Belarus. Two checkpoints had already been closed on August 18th, and the decision to close additional checkpoints was related to the redeployment of some mercenaries from the private military company Wagner Group to Belarus. Two border crossings still remain open. On August 31st, British Defense Secretary Ben Wallace informed Prime Minister Rishi Sunak of his resignation. Wallace earned some ire when he accused Ukraine of treating Western allies, quote, like Amazon, and not being sufficiently grateful, saying, quote, whether we like it or not, people want to see a bit of gratitude, end quote. And finally, let's talk military and tech. Evidence from recent drone attacks on Ukraine indicate that the Shahed UAVs are being assembled in Russia, and there are reportedly plans to ramp up production. During one of the country's defense industry exhibitions, Moscow expressed their intent to develop around 60 different UAV models with various modifications by 2030. Defense Intelligence of Ukraine, DIU, assesses that Russia isn't currently capable of producing that many UAVs. According to DIU spokesman Vadim Skibitsky, Russia has in its arsenal 585 missiles that can be fired at a distance greater than 500 kilometers, including Iskander, Caliber, KH-101, KH-555, KH-55, KH-22, and KH-32, which is basically the same as the KH-22 but with a longer range, and Kinjals. Skibitsky added that the DIU estimates that Russia can produce no more than 10 upgraded missiles, the KH-32s, each month. In the 13 weeks since launching the counteroffensive, Ukraine has only lost five of its 71 Leopard 2 tanks. Obviously, more have received damage, but they're repaired at depots in Poland and Germany and then returned to the front a process that can be repeated over and over because of the fundamental toughness of the tank. It's also worth noting that it is possible that in the tanks that were lost, every or almost every crew member escaped the vehicle before it burned and exploded, which is a massive improvement over Soviet-era and Russian tanks. The Pentagon has denied Ukraine's request for Attackum's long-range missiles over fears that it could undercut U.S. readiness for future conflict with China. ATACMS, MGM-140 Army Tactical Missile Systems, are tactical ballistic missiles with a range of up to 300 kilometers, which can be fired from tracked M270 MLRS or wheeled M142 HIMARS launchers, both of which the AFU has in service. Ukrainian artillery reportedly destroyed a rare 9S-36M illumination and guidance radar vehicle from the Buk M3 surface-to-air missile system, one of Russia's most advanced. The unit cost about $40 million, and Russia only has a few of them. 
it can target air threats at a range of 2.5 kilometers to 70 kilometers, at an altitude range of 5 meters to 35 kilometers, and is reportedly capable of coping simultaneously with 10 targets moving at speeds of up to 3 kilometers a second. According to open source intelligence, the radar caught fire after being struck by a HIMARS rocket. That's the brief for today. Remember to check your sources and don't fall for propaganda. Join us on YouTube and TikTok for more Ukraine content and live news reports. And please, consider supporting our work on Substack. You'll find the links in the description. We'll be back tomorrow with more updates. Until then, Мирного неба!